Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, a podcast from the Orange Students team. Our mission is to help you, the youth leader, influence the next generation. And we do that through this podcast, other resources, and our weekly curriculum, XP3. If you'd like to learn more, check out orangestudents.com. But for now, let's get started with this week's episode. Hey, what's up, friends? I am Brett, and today I'm hanging out with Charlie. Hello. And Candace. Hey. And Crystal. Hey who, there. Whose name I forgot, and so we had to record the intro a second <laughs> time. Um, but thanks for hanging out with us on this episode of Rethinking Youth Ministry. And this one's actually going to be a little bit different. We had something else planned, a totally different conversation. We did. Talking about very different things uh, planned for today. But because of just the situation that we find ourselves in worldwide right now with COVID-19, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, uh, we called an audible because we know that there are a lot of ministries that have already had to cancel their gatherings. And if you haven't already had to cancel, you're probably thinking through if we have to what in the world Mm -hmm. are we going to do? So we wanted to have a conversation about what we should do in ministry when we can't do what we normally do. And so this episode is going to look a little bit different because it'll be a little bit less conversation and actually more of us talking through a resource to help churches have a digital service strategy for situations like this. But before we get in too deep, I have to be very clear about what this episode is not. This episode is not our suggestions on if you should cancel your services or when you should cancel your services. I so hope there is somebody more qualified than us. (laughs) I would imagine there would be a lot of other people more qualified than us for that. Um, But at the same time, we recognize that what happens in your weekly gatherings is super important to the students and families that you serve. So Mm. The goal for today is just to talk through some ideas and brainstorm together on how we can continue to do as many of those things as possible when it's not possible for us to be physically in the same space. Yeah. And I think that's the first conversation that I'd like I'd like to have is what are those things that are the most important things that we might say that we do when we do gather together that we can somehow implement in some sort of a digital strategy if we can't. Well, I'd like to start with a, a little bit less obvious one. I know we always think about things like like teaching, but maybe one of the most helpful things we could do in times like this is continue to partner with parents. Yeah. Because if they are stuck in the house mm. with their teenager mm. for a long period of time, um, they may need more support than they normally do. <laughs> I'm just I'm just thinking from my experiences as a high school teacher, anytime there was a threat of being snowed in, with those kids yeah. in the classroom, I was like, somebody send a lifeboat. <laughs> Help me out here, guys. And so maybe, I don't know what that looks like to partner with parents digitally. Maybe it's sending them uh, questions to talk about with their kids. Maybe it's sending them encouragement, blogs, podcasts. But whatever we can do, like I think there's incredible value in supporting them. Yeah. I think a really cool piece of doing in like a digital service would be including parents in the service. Yeah. I mean, we just had a youth group on Sunday and I'm sitting here trying to think when was the last time parents came to youth group? Yeah. And I don't actually remember when just random parents came. And so it'd be kind of cool to have that experience together with the parent and the student. Absolutely. And and there's going to we're going to dive into some of the specifics about what that could look like, but if you're stuck in the house together, then that creates some opportunities yeah. to be able to do some things that aren't I mean, you know, normally parents aren't staying around for student ministry. They're not going down to the youth room. They're going to big church or they're going to their class or whatever it is. And so what are unique situations that we do mm-hmm. get to partner with parents mm-hmm. yeah. when we just aren't normally able mm-hmm. to? But I'd say the most important pieces of the, 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 the youth group that we do 
you know, week in and week out is our teaching, the mm. groups, and then the component of partnering with parents. That's just pretty much just orange strategy, right? Yeah. <laughs> All together. And I think one opportunity that youth ministries have that big church doesn't necessarily have too much, I'd say, you know, um, is so some churches might be live streaming service with nobody actually in the you know auditorium or in the sanctuary just so people can still be connected and have worship in some capacity. Some pastors might be recording videos of themselves, but within youth ministries, for some churches, the bar isn't set as high to produce as mm. much excellence. So I think we have a great opportunity to replicate as much of that as possible and lean into how students are already living in this digital world, how they're already having their, they're probably glued to their phones a whole lot more because some school systems might be implementing some sort of, you know, e-learning or, edu you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. So just lean into what it, whatever it is that, you know, that the social networking platforms that they're already using, how can we really just utilize that to connect with them? And if we're not already connecting, this might also be a good opportunity for us to just create some new norms of connecting with our students pertaining to these areas digitally anyway in our yeah. ministry. Well, and I like what you said about the difference between like an excellence culture and an authenticity culture, right. which is what we hear a lot about with Gen Z. It's not that it's not that they don't care if they hear things or if they don't care if the picture's real fuzzy, but they care way more that it's just real or yeah. that it's authentic. Mm. And so there is sometimes I think we can get caught up in, well, what if I do this? If it, mm. What if it doesn't look like this? Or what if it doesn't look like yeah. that? And I think yep. that's a good point, Candace. You know, we had to think about this a little bit in my own group long before <laughs> there was a coronavirus situation because one of my girls moved to California, which mm. is on the other side of the country from us. And we encouraged her, of course, to get involved in a local church there. But there's a lag time after you move when for you sure. don't have real community. And so for, for a time, she was just FaceTiming into group with us. Mm. She, to this day, it's been, it's been two years. She's still in our group text. We still FaceTime on occasion. Cool. Um, we used technology to, to have her share her testimony at our church wow. digitally. Wow. And like, there are a lot of solutions where a kid can be involved, even when they're not physically in the room. I think we just have the chance to leverage those on a large scale yeah. now. Yeah. And I think one, one, one thing we also, you know, we talked about parents a little bit. I'm sure we'll dive deeper into some of this a little bit later. But I think that one thing that, you know, one great opportunity that we have in all of this is time. Right. There's a lot of time that family will be, families will be spending in a house for the most part, right? And how can we encourage those families to just be in community mm -hmm. um, and honor that time that mm. they have together, time that they might not ordinarily get together, yeah. you know, without you know being pulled away to go here or pulled away, pulled away to go there, and just allowing there to be some holy moments amongst families even you know yeah. i mean and even as a youth leader yourself you know just allowing yourself to i mean yeah you want to make sure your ministry is set up but how you yourself can make sure you know you personally are connecting with the people who are in community around you um in those intimate ways and taking care of yourself personally it's a great opportunity for some for some rest and encouraging all that connectivity yeah yeah when, when i think through kind of what we do you know in normal you know, youth ministry programs, you know, there are absolutely like the content pieces, like delivering content that, that are a little bit easier to do digitally. Mm -hmm. um, the, the challenge is with something like small groups, I think, and we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that in a little bit. But I think that for most of us that are listening to this, we would say that one of the most important things that we can do is connect students to a community of their own peers mm -hmm. and to adults mm -hmm. that are investing in their lives on a weekly basis. Um, 
And that's a little bit harder to do digitally. But I think that we are at a place in 2020 where there are some tools, there are some things out there that give us a chance to at least keep some of those connections going, even if we can't actually gather together mm -hmm. to sit across from each other and have conversations. So Crystal, I want you to dive a little bit deeper for us and kind of give us a little bit of an introduction of this resource that we've been developing over the past couple of weeks as this whole thing has gotten bigger. And we've been having conversations behind the scenes about how do we help churches and church leaders that are in or going to be in these situations where they can't meet. So give us a little bit of an overview of what we have started to call the digital service guide. Sure. So we've been working on on a solution for some of our churches for some time, um, particularly those who were affected first started to not meet. And we said, OK, what is this? What would it look like to meet digitally? And, and we basically broke it into the three areas that we were just talking about. How do we provide a digital teaching time, a digital groups time, and a digital parent connection? Um, there are some things that we do in our environments we probably won't do digitally. Um, you don't need a digital stage design. <laughs> <laughs> you can share your Spotify playlist, but you don't necessarily need background music playing before the event. But teaching time is really important. So we talked through what are some platforms where you can share your own teaching or where you can use teaching that's already been recorded. Um, what are some ways that your groups can connect that will be the least distracting yeah. um, and the least... <laughs> the least crazy making for yeah. your poor small group leaders who now have to figure this out. Um, and what are some resources that we can give to parents? Yeah. So I want to dive a little bit deeper into each of those three and get a little practical and to talk about what this could look like, because what some of these look like in one ministry might look completely different and how this gets implemented in another one. So, all right, let's dive a little bit deeper with this idea of the teaching time, because even though we often make jokes about how students don't even remember what we talked about, you know, from week to week from the stage, what we do teach really does matter. And so what are the options of what this could look like? digitally. I always like to think from a small church perspective, and yeah. I know a lot of smaller churches don't have the equipment to live stream and do all the things. But when we said earlier about being authentic, what's wrong with recording yourself on your phone? Mm. I mean, I think that can be just as effective as giving them. Now, don't have shaky hands and do all that mess. <laughs> but I think it tripod, would, tripod. <laughs> um, but I do think recording your message and then sending it out to your students via text. I mean, if you have 10 kids, that's a real easy thing to send out to them and maybe send it out to their parents. I don't think you have to have a multi-million dollar mm. facility to yeah. send a message to your students. Yeah. Yeah. So just recording, yeah. recording yourself doing whatever your teaching that you would have done maybe live on the stage. For sure. And for those of you who are like me, who that sounds like a nightmare, um, <laughs> just think about the, you know, seriously, I, I mean, I, I've always been very hesitant about recording myself, always still really conscious about it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that there's a certain degree of, you know, you that has to get out the way because there you, yes. you don't know, you know, you don't know how long, how long it's going to go. And you don't know, you don't want students to have a gap in their teaching and receiving the message. And if you being afraid to put your phone in front of you or put it on something stable, if you don't have a tripod, um, that could be a hindrance to your students receiving a message that they really might mm -hmm. need to receive in a, in a, in a difficult time. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Another option. Um, all of us are, are part of a curriculum called XP three and, yeah. uh, we create teaching videos. So even if you didn't want to record those of you personally, um, those are always a great option, especially if you want additional voices in your ministry, but yeah. can't bring them in because you yeah. know, coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> And with the idea of, of recording yourself, I think, you know, if we just record ourselves for 12 straight minutes oh, talking into the camera, 
Like, you know, are my seventh grade boys going to sit there and watch that for for a full 12 minutes? And so I think these are some great opportunities to just try some new things and and try something different. Uh, And so maybe instead of just delivering a message, um, if you find another volunteer or um, some uh, some other ministry partner in some way and you almost deliver the content like as a conversation, like almost kind Mm -hmm. of like a a podcast Mm -hmm. in a way, you're just kind of videoing yourself, having those conversations, telling those stories as illustrations hitting those main points, looking at the screen when you're talking to the students, looking at each other when you're talking to yourselves. Um, You know, if there's a way to, you know, where you're even kind of almost interviewing someone maybe like in a late night kind of a vibe, like an L&E sort of a vibe. Like it's just a chance, I think, to try some really new and different things that you might not be able to do mm. on a weekly on a weekly basis. And around here, something that, that I know that we've learned a lot, if you've seen any of our XP3 middle school videos, um, we really try to mimic some of the YouTube vlog kind of a kind mm-hmm. of a vibe. And I don't know what your, you know, Windows movie maker skills are or iMovie on Max, but if you wanted to record yourself and then you jump in and do a little bit of editing to add some of those jump cuts to kind of shorten things up a little bit, again, maybe that's not something you're gonna do every single week, but like what a great opportunity to just try some new things and experiment a little bit. So listen, love it. (laughs) My knowledge of jump cuts is similar to my knowledge of sports. I know, Brett said a lot of things that I didn't know what he was talking about. You used a lot of fancy words, and I love it. Um, Like, like what, Windows Movie Maker? That was just like the really old, like, the way that... Windows Movie Maker was was like what came with Windows XP (laughs) if you were going to make your own, like middle school video project for seventh grade science, which is I didn't know that is incredible. That is so good. Just whatever software that you have available. And again, if you can't do that, if you don't know how to do that, number one, you probably have somebody in your ministry that could do it. Uh, And number two, if all you do is record yourself for, you know, seven or eight minutes and that's all it is, then that's, then that's still great. But I'm just saying that there are, there is an opportunity here that if you're familiar, if you want to dive into some of those things, this is a great chance just to be able to take some risks. But if you don't even know how to do that, you can go live too though, right? That's okay, right? What do we think? Yeah. What do you mean? Just going live, sharing a message. What do y'all think? Oh, like live social media sharing? Yeah. Okay. You know, I thought about that today because I was like, that really is a, a great way for kids to interact. Mm-hmm. My fear, because I thought through this literally as a classroom teacher, yeah. what if I had gone live, is that one kid <gasps> who starts saying inappropriate things in the comments and then you oh, can't yeah. turn it off. That's so, true. so if you can turn off comments, that's a win. Um, <laughs> but there's also, also be good engagement. If you maybe if there's a small group leader who you, you say, "Hey, we're going live at this day, this time." You know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Maybe you could have a small group leader who's planning to be there who can check somebody if they get a little somebody. out of line. You know, 100%. come on, little Johnny, pull it together. I, I think my girls would be all over that. I think, truly, I think that would be super fun. Um, yeah. yeah. One of the things I have learned sitting, we sit next door to our middle school department. So I work with our high school team a lot. We sit next door to the middle school department. And that's one of the, one of the complexities of working with middle schoolers is that they can't legally have those accounts till they're 13. So I would say online and live for high schoolers. Absolutely. Um, Online and live for middle schoolers is tricky because even if they have 
those accounts not everybody can have those accounts and somebody's yeah. mama's always mad anyway um yeah you'd want to communicate to parents differently yeah and saying hey we're gonna do this we understand that some of our middle schoolers might not have this parents if you have an instagram account mm -hmm. you know make sure yeah. you tune in yes. let them borrow your that's phone perfect. to still try yeah. to if that's the avenue that you want to try and and shoot like what a great way to partner with parents ex to say exactly. watch together yep well shoot that's a great idea yeah. All right, so that's one idea is that you record it yourself or you know use social media to do something live. What are some other ideas on how to do this teaching time? So all of us sitting at the table right now, we're, we're part of a curriculum called XP3. We are. And one of the things that we make, you mentioned middle school teaching videos. There are also high school teaching videos. Yep. Um, and oftentimes that's a really easy plug and play solution. You can mm. share those with your students. And if you want to bring different voices into your ministry, yeah. and you, especially in a time like a quarantine, can't actually yeah, physically can't bring someone bring in, in yeah. this is a great solution Absolutely. to have different voices speaking. All right, so using our teaching videos is an, a, another great thing that you can do that you can try out in this season. And that gets talked about in that digital service guide. That's right. We actually uh, suggest a couple of different ways to share it. And more importantly, we give you links to those teaching oh, videos wow. so that you can just copy and paste the link to share it with your students. Um, and during this particular time in our country, we're sharing all of the videos for the current quarter of content. Wow. So no matter where you are, you will have what you need. Wow, awesome. That's so, awesome. So if, if you're using XP3, but you don't have the media package or you don't have all the videos and everything, you're saying go to the show notes, get this digital. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. And the, the links are going to be right there. For, oh, yeah. For and use. even if you don't use XP3, like we want to serve the church. Hmm. So yeah. if you need to use one of these videos, please do that. We're happy to share those with you. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. All right. So we've got recording yourself doing something live on social media. Uh, we've got maybe using some teaching videos of some sort. Any any other random crazy ideas when it comes to how we could do teaching stuff in the midst of these situations? TikTok. It's my what? most favorite app. <laughs> it's my most favorite app. What would that look like? 60 seconds of awesomeness is what that would look like. So TikTok, I'm, 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 I'm the noob here. I'm, I'm not even playing too, the role. Brit. I don't know anything about TikTok, really. Shame on me. But and so me. 60 seconds is your limit. Yep. What could you teach a student in 60 seconds? And guys, let's just have some real talk. There are some terrible TikTok preachers. If some of you could produce some really good 60 second TikToks, that would be incredible. I would for love sure. you for it. So yeah. are you thinking like, okay, I'm going to make four TikToks that cover this week's talk or like you just do the, like you just do the one. I'm like, getting what so excited like? right now because I want to go and record one right now. So I'm just having a hard time figuring out, are we talking about creating a kind of Devo ongoing content for our student ministry? Or are we talking about how do we replace the teaching time of our youth ministry gathering when we can't gather together. Does I, that make sense? I think that's what I'm trying to yeah, differentiate with TikTok. I think I TikTok. would probably use TikTok as a Devo. Okay. Right? And a weekly touch point for kids or students in your ministry. Yeah. It's something that really would appeal to them because that's where most of them are hanging out right now. Yeah. And so I think it would be a great way to be very relevant and fun, yeah. right? To bring to your ministry. So if you do multiple videos in TikTok, is it sort of like an Instagram story where like they just kind of, they line up and they kind of nope. place sequentially? No, so that's mm -hmm. different. So it'd be hard to do like it would. a three minute sequential message. For sure. And okay. So probably better just do one. Do one. Okay. The tension that I feel, you know, sitting here and hearing this conversation is 
when a student is sitting within your youth ministry and sitting actually like in the church, you have their attention in a different kind of way. They might, they might be looking at their phone. They Captive might be talking audience, to a yeah. friend. They might be, but you have their attention in a different kind of way. So if someone is at home because of, you know, a natural disaster, you know, quarantine, whatever the case might be, you don't have that same time slot. And Brett, you hit on this a little bit earlier, that same time slot to talk to them. So I don't know if I hear a 60 second TikTok as a devotion, and it might be a devotion, but that might be the best teaching time that you can get. Because do you really want to record yourself doing a 15 or 12 minute video? Do you think a student is really going to sit? They might because they might not have anything to do. And yes, we're working to create these lifelong disciples. But the truth is, some students might be able to connect better with a 60 second TikTok because there still are distractions that are around. I wonder if we have to almost do both and. Right. You know, because mm -hmm. especially when mm -hmm. I'm cooped up in the house, I want as much media to consume as possible. Yeah. So I want to watch TikToks and I also want to watch Netflix. Mm -hmm. And so hmm. giving them multiple options is helpful. I do think with my own group, if I told them just watch this 12 minute video on your own time, they might not do that. Right. If I said, watch this at 11 o'clock, we're all going to watch this 12 minute video. And yeah. then we're going to jump on Google Hangouts or jump on FaceTime. And we're going to talk about it and have small group questions. Yes. I think they would do that. But you almost have to formalize it, I would imagine. So 11 a.m. though, right? Sure. <laughs> Bedtimes are out the window. They don't have school. Yeah. If they're yeah. quarantined. Yeah, like our best conversations are at one in the morning. <laughs> well, and to be honest, I think so, like some of this does go back into co contextualizing and knowing yeah. your audience. Mm -hmm. With TikTok, again, if you start talking about TikTok to all of your middle school students, you're going to have some phone calls from parents mm -hmm. if you're not also talking to the parents about what you're trying to do and understanding if not everybody can can be on there. So you've got to be careful about what you're, you know, what you're talking about, yep. the vehicles that we're using, how we're talking yeah. about those things. And we also have to know our audience with 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 seventh graders, you know, jumping on, a, you know, a chat at 11 o'clock. It's probably not a great idea. Yep, right. If you've got seniors that, Maybe yeah. That, that's probably an all right thing mm, to do yep. sometimes. I do want to I do want to transition to that. So we've kind of talked about all this teaching time stuff as one of the key elements, ways to do that. So what does small groups look like? You know, what we teach matters, but our students having a chance to process what we taught, what it looks like to live this out in their life, it makes what we taught matter more. So how do we do that when everyone's in their own house and we might not be able to meet together? Yeah. Well, the great news is students are more comfortable communicating digitally than mm. we have ever been, at least those of us who are, who are older. Um, we did do a little bit of research before this just to figure out like what are our options, what will allow you know, certain numbers of screens versus what only allows for one-to-one -one communication. Google Hangouts seems to be a really helpful mm -hmm. solution. Um, as a leader, you just click start a video call and send that link to your students and they can all show up in mm. there. Um, another solution that we use here in our office sometimes for digital meetings is whereby.com. Um, it used to be called appearin.com, which was way easier to say and spell. Whereby. Whereby. Whereby, not that. Yes. Whereby. Whereby.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it allows for meetings of up to 12 people, which is 
you know, kind of helpful. We use yeah. that a lot of times for digital spaces. Yeah. FaceTime's a great solution if everybody has an iPhone. Yeah. yeah. Or an but iPad. But oftentimes and that's I, not the case. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen some people talk about doing Zoom, which is great, but if, unless you have like a pro account, there's a time limit to how much you have. Yeah, it shuts long off can, in 45 yeah, minutes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that could be weird if you're just mm-hmm. in the middle of something and it shuts off. Yeah. And Facebook, again, it depends. This is all contextual. And do your students have Facebook? If you know they do, right. you can do like sure. video chat stuff on Facebook. There's a lot of different, there's a lot of different options out there to be able to figure that out. But v- some sort of video chat seems to be mm-hmm. probably the most likely option to get an actual personal mm-hmm. conversation when you mm-hmm. can't be in person. Facebook might be another way to partner with parents. Yes. Because even if the kids don't have it, chances are their parents do. And this is a great way to say, hey, we don't want them to have another social yeah. media account. Can they please use yours? Yeah. yeah. And I, I do think for the, the small group piece that we might have to think through, what are the low tech options? Sure. Um, whether it's one of our small group leaders that if we're honest, just you know is not gonna be able to figure out Google Hangouts. Or maybe you're in an area where the Wi-Fi and the internet is just spotty or you know that you've got kids that are in your ministry that like you're just there's not going to have really yeah. good internet to be able to do video chats with 15 That's people a great point. Um, and so thinking about what are you know group me group text different pieces like that and you know it's a little bit harder to have a small group conversation if everybody's just texting or, or typing but again it's better than it's better than there being no connection at all. Right. Yeah, and I think one this might be a, you know a good opportunity to talk about the you know with our XP three curriculum that we have the devotions that we have the daily devotions. Have yeah, on the U version app. Yeah, the U version app, and and I don't know how many of your small groups are actually reading those plans together. But say if someone has spotty internet, you know, goes in and out, but maybe somebody may be able to get on right now, and they have strong internet, and they can read the devotion, chime in, put add some notes in there, and then maybe someone has strong internet later. They can come back later, yeah. read the devotion, chime mm-hmm. in, comment on what somebody else has said. So there might not necessarily be, you know, like real time engagement when it comes to that if you have spotty internet, but there is still some engagement and some yeah. con- some conversation going on. All right. So what does it look like for us to help our small group leaders win in these situations when they're it's hard enough to manage uh, you know, a group of four or eight students when you're in a room together having a conversation, let alone them being in their own environments, who knows what's happening in their house. They're trying to deal with technology, all of those kind of things. How can we help small group leaders win in these situations to prepare them for this? So depending on the size of your group, yeah, I would take a different approach. There have been times where my group roster was in the 30s, that's a lot of people yeah, that's for a, a video call. Yeah. Um, yeah. But this is a great time to split them into smaller groups hmm. and maybe have a conversation with two or three kids versus having a conversation with 30 kids. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. A really good question. And it's something that's so important to do because as a leader, you know, you might step into a, you know, this this alternate means of communicating or, or, you know, engaging with your group and have the same expectations. And then things just, you know, not be what they are like normally when you're sitting together. So maybe just laying out with the small group leaders, you know, just having them to maybe adjust their expectations, not have low expectations, but just right size them. Right. And just say, Hey, you know, there might be a lot of different things that that are your your students, your students have around them that might be competing for their attention, a lot of different distractions. So just do some things with them to just one lay out, you know, Hey, these are great. Remind them of the ground rules, you know, um, encourage them, maybe put their phones on mute. If, you know, they are, I know they're, they can't go to a place where they can be, you know, talking confidence and all that 
kind of stuff, but just letting leaders know, hey, there are different things that you can do to help the different things that will be competing factors, um, but also just you yeah. know, if, if someone doesn't pour out their heart and soul over <laughs> Right. Yeah, you want to clarify. Okay. Basically the win is just the, the yeah, they're the quarantined and they still chose to connect with their right. with their small group. Like that's the win. If yep. you have any sort of conversations after that that are beneficial, like that's icing on the cake. Yeah. The win is just that we had a connection point. Yeah. And clarifying that to small group leaders so they don't get bummed out if, you know, their expectations weren't met. If you have a small group leader that's never texted their student though, this might not be the time to practice that. Mm. I mean, there'd probably need to be some conversations prior to this that the small group leader has been texting Johnny or whoever. It's hard for me to think that a student would respond if they've never heard from that small group leader before. Well, and it also gets really weird if you're the parent and you you don't know that there's an adult at your kid's church if they're not going to their church who connects with them in that way. And all of a sudden they walk into their room. It's like, oh, who you're talking to? Be like, oh, my small group leader. Like that could be really weird. So in yeah. what ways do we want to make sure that we're partnering with parents and letting them know, hey, here's what we're trying to do. So if you get a call, if you walk in and they're on a you know group chat with a bunch of people, yep. this is the deal. But do we, but do small group leaders not reach out to a student, not text a student just because during yes. this time, just because they've never done it before? I don't know if I agree mm-hmm. with that. I think there's a right way of doing it so that it is, you know, and it, through the youth leader providing that support to, you know, to to two small group leaders by communicating to parents, hey, this is the plan, this is what's happening, you know, your child might have never heard from this small group leader, but we're really encouraging small group leaders yeah. to reach out and maybe small group leaders, if they're quarantined too, taking some initiative and reaching out, this could be a great opportunity to connect with a student that you've never connected with before, you know? Yeah. Um, but as long, I think as long as it's done properly, it could be the, the beginning of a good relationship yep. or developing something. For sure. I, I think in my uh, many years of ministry, some of my most painful memories have to do with issues with technology. Mm. And so (laughs) I would say, test this out. Like, like you, you like don't develop a plan that involves technology. If you haven't made sure that that plan actually, that actually works Mm. and have conversations with your small group leaders, do a test run with all your small, small group leaders and figure out what worked, what didn't work. Make sure everybody actually has the technology Mm. they need to do what you're, what you're asking them to do. I think another way for us to really prepare our small group leaders is to help them have the resources to help students process what's happening mm-hmm. in our in our world right now. Well, because now. it's everywhere. It, yeah. Everywhere you turn. Yeah. And so how do we help them have the kind of conversations that they might be having right now? Yeah. Well, we make some really great guides for both parents and small group leaders. Um, we have crisis conversation guides, yep. and we also have anxiety guides and yep. how to talk through what be making what might be making a student anxious. Yeah. And those are great for small group leaders and for parents. Yeah, absolutely. And you can actually grab those from the show notes. Go to orangestudents.com, click on this episode, scroll down to the bottom. There's going to be those resources um, and this digital service guide that we're talking about, some other resources that should be helpful. So I want to move on and talk a little bit real quick about uh, this idea of partnering with parents. So that's a big thing for us at Orange, the idea of partnering with parents. So in situations like this, what in the world does that look like? So one quick and easy one is to just have parents download the ParentQ app. Hmm. It's free and it includes four things each week that they can do with their kid. One of the things I love about it is we have people who work with teenagers write them and people who parent teenagers who edit them. And the yeah. goal is that they come up with four ideas that are not going to get responded to with an eye roll when yeah. you suggest <laughs> them to your kid. Uh, they're actually things that are, are going to kind of normalize 
conversations around faith and even just normalize connection with parents. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one of the things that I really love, Crystal, about that ParentQ app is that it's not necessarily a to-do list for families, but it's more so um, things to add to your faith conversation toolbox for families, right? And it, it, during this, during these times when you're together in the house, you know, when you have nothing but time, it's an amazing thing to, to just start having some of these conversations, doing some of these things to just, like you said, normalize that faith conversation in the home. Yeah, and if you, and if you take a look at them, I think that you'd be surprised at how easy it is is to kind of ask these conversations. I mean, I know that, you know, as a parent myself, there's always like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to, I'm, a, I'm afraid to change the subject here, or how do I, how do I bring this up, or when's mm. the best time to talk about it? And I feel like this is just a great tool of how to yeah. easily get into those conversations. What else, what does it look like for us to partner with parents in these sort of situations? I think a really great way to partner with parents is all the things that you might be recording to teach and to send to yep. your students is that you send those to your parents oh my first gosh, yeah. so they're not surprised about what their students going to be watching on their phone later. Yeah. Well, and the easiest way to build trust with parents is to communicate clearly yes. and consistently. And yep. so this is a great opportunity when they're stuck at home. We've talked about partnering with parents kind of sprinkled throughout this whole thing. What are resources we can give them? How can we help them win if they are somehow in quarantine or something along mm -hmm. those lines? And then just making sure they know, hey, Here's the strategy. While we're not able to meet together for the next two weeks or for the next, you know, who knows how long it's going to be. Here's what you're going to be hearing from us and what we're trying to do with your students and how we're trying to keep them connected. So in just one nugget, kind of going back to the Parent Q app a little bit. Um, so say for those of you all whose churches don't necessarily use our children's curriculum, there's also within the Parent Q app, we have resources for younger children too. Yeah. You know, because my children, my daughter is three going on 33, but she's three. <laughs> Zane. <laughs> and my son is six. And I use that Parent Q app, you know, um, quite regularly with them having those conversations of faith. Um, and then also, you know, when you, when you're stuck in it, when parents are stuck in a house with their children too, I mean, you know, there's a lot of different resources online, maybe, maybe finding something. And I've done this with our um, church before when snow days, you know, going yeah. on Google and finding things for families to do when you're stuck indoors or, you know, in a snow day or whatever the case might be and resourcing, looking through them, of course, but resourcing families with that, just so they'll have different things to do with their family, just to be, be engaged yep. to build that bond within within family to make some of the other things like faith conversations be a little bit easier. Yep. All right. So that plus more is essentially what this digital service guide is that we think is going to be really helpful. So head to the show notes. You're going to be able to get that right there. As we kind of wrap up this conversation, any any last thoughts that you feel like might be helpful? Well, just like in our physical ministry spaces, fun still matters. Yeah. Engagement still matters. So this is a great time to use social media to play some games with your students, play kind of a, a this or that game where they choose something on Instagram mm. or even a group text game, a trivia game, just something to kind of have fun with them too. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, things that I think is helpful is just doing some crowdsourcing. If you're planning to send an email to parents or you're trying to figure out some, you know, maybe some fun games to do through, you know, social media with your students. What about creating? creating a playlist, um, putting together the worship songs that your band might have been oh, doing yeah. the last six months. So students have something to listen to while they're at home. Yeah, that's good. I, I think one of the, one of the things that, that we can learn from all of this is the reality is that your most committed students are only showing up half the time when they're not quarantined or when right? your state's not shut down. Uh, and so 
all of these things that we've been talking about should probably in some ways be strategies that we have all the time, not just when there's this kind of, you know, For threat sure. that we have that's causing us not to be able to gather together. So how are we continuing to reach out to those students that aren't here? I think there's some great nuggets that we can continue to move on. I've been around Candace too much. I said the word nugget. Candace I'll always give you some says nugget. Sauce. All right, do you have any nuggets for us? Just one last nugget. Okay, Fred. one last nugget. So, you know, one great place to do some crowdsourcing is our Orange Students Facebook group. And there's been a lot of conversation going yeah. on there. So you can just jump in there to see what other people are doing, to get some ideas of different things that you can do um, with your students, or even to post a question and see what other yeah. people think. Yeah. And so that is absolutely what we would love you to do, is to go to our Orange Students Facebook group. Again, you can go to orangestudents.com. You can click on the show notes. There's going to be a link there. And we would love to hear what, what you are doing. Do you mm -hmm. have an email that you feel like really communicated well to parents what you did we'd love for you to share it did your church put together you know some sort of pdf that got sent out that could benefit everybody else please hop on the facebook group and share that uh, because we want to get through all of this and help each other out and figure out what does this what does this look like because for some churches this is really uncharted territory and so we want to be as helpful as we can as orange students for you all and i think that we can do that as a community together too. So thanks for hanging out with us in this conversation. We are uh, definitely going to be thinking about and praying about all you churches that are uh, not able to meet because there is just some really gnarly stuff going on in your community and praying for you as leaders, as you try to help yeah. students and parents and your small group leaders uh, and your church and your friends process what all of this actually looks like and how do we lead people through that at the same time, taking care of ourselves and making sure that we're processing this and having this conversation too. So thanks for inviting us into this conversation. And if you are an XB3 high school or XB3 middle school partner, please reach out to your orange specialist. It's either me, it's Charlie or it's Candace. We would love to be whatever help uh, that we can. And even if you're not an orange partner, go to findmyos.com. You can figure out who your orange specialist would be and we would still love to help however we can. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Wash your hands. And God bless. <laughs> oh, mercy. Have a good one. <laughs>